Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. When Candy, and she was introduced earlier, but she was not here. Candy, can you raise your hand? When Candy, my wife, was expecting our first child, our first child, Samantha. Samantha, you want to raise your hand? There's Samantha. Um, <clears throat> you know, we did not know, and we didn't want to find out uh, what the gender was going to be. We wanted to pick two names, and, uh, and she had, uh, was supposed to select two names, and I was supposed to select two names, and of course, I said, if it's uh, one for a boy, one for a girl. And uh, I had selected Samuel if it was a boy, and I wanted a junior, right? Um, and, uh, and of course, I had selected, I thought Candy was a pretty name. So I said, you know, another, another Candy around the house, right? Have a lot of sweetness. And uh, of course, she said, uh, when our daughter was born, she said, no way. We're not naming another, another girl Candy. <laughs> and, uh, and so... Um, so we ended up with uh, Samantha, and that's what uh, our first daughter. Well, our second uh, pregnancy, uh, we did the same thing, and uh, and this time I figured, you know, since we really did not, it didn't work out with the whole idea of selecting two names and stuff. I said I'll just let her come up with whatever name she wants, and I'll just go along with that because, anyways, my suggestions weren't going to work out, anyways. And so, um, <laughs> and so. Um, uh, we uh, we were uh, expecting, and, and uh, our, our second daughter was born. And I just said, "What name do you do you have?" And she said, "I don't have any names." And I said, "Well, I didn't select any names either." And so our second daughter was nameless, just for one night. And as we were reading uh, scripture and uh, going through um, through a lot of uh, processing of thinking and praying. She she kind of stumped us because we really thought it was going to be a boy. I mean, just just that's what we we just thought she was going to be a boy, and and she ended up being a girl. And so we were we were always kind of like ah, you know, we were just kind of in awe. And so um, so we named her Rebecca, and then we just got the idea of all of our girls ending with the ah sound. And so we had Samantha, and then Rebecca. Rebecca, you want to raise your hand? There's Rebecca, our second daughter, and Hannah. Hannah's our third daughter. Hannah, raise your hand there. And then Mariah's up here with teens, Mariah. So all of them end up with ah, and they keep giving us a bunch of ah. 
you know, throughout live. <laughs> and so, uh, so uh, names uh, mean something. And, and today I want to just focus on the name of Jesus. Because if you notice in the whole story of the passage that we, that we just read, it was, it, the, the naming was important. It was so important back then because a lot of times it represented a lot of what they were going to do. Uh, they represented what, uh, what family they belonged to. It represented what region of the, of, of, in, in this particular case, what region of, of Israel they were, they were from. So names were very important. If you recall, uh, even Jesus would come as he brought his disciples and, and he would change names. Remember, it was called Simon and then he changed it to Peter. Of course, uh, Simon probably felt like, man, I got a name. Why are you changing my name? Of course, Jesus, had a plan and he had a purpose of why uh, he changed that name so that it could uh, mean rock. And later on, he tells Peter on this rock, and not meaning just Peter, but meaning the salvation of Jesus Christ. I will build my church. Of course, Peter being one of the, the most important uh, apostles that helped establish the church in Jerusalem. And if you recall, even, even the apostle Paul, uh, who was called later, who was not really a disciple, but he later on became an apostle. Um, his name was not Paul. His name was Saul. But, but Jesus changed his name for, uh, for a purpose as well. And so back then, it was so important. Uh, Jesus, the name of Jesus, uh, was, was, was something that brought a lot of significance and meaning. Have you ever, have you ever Googled your name? What does it mean? Be careful, because if you end up in Urban Dictionary, you can end up in trouble. Now, some of the teenagers got it, right? Because, you know, like Nancy. Nancy is grace, you know, and depending on, on where it comes from, where's Nancy, right? Nancy is grace, right, back there. Um, that's, that's really important because you want a lot of grace, but it can mean other things in other, in other uh, uh, you know, if, if you look up in different, in the French, it comes from grace, right? Um, my daughter's names are, are pretty interesting. As I was looking it up, Samantha, listener of God, Rebecca. Rebecca is captivating, uh, but also someone that can knot you up, tie you up. <laughs> uh, Jose, her husband, understands that now, right? Um, and uh, Hannah, meaning a favor. Uh, Mariah, given by God. Uh, or little bird, or it could be bitter as well. <laughs> uh, candy, sweet and bright. Um, Matt, Pastor Matt. I don't know if Pastor Matt's here, but Pastor, both Matt's, right? Matthew, gift of God. Meant so many, many uh, things, names. Uh, for Jesus, the name declares his identity. And his identity, Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. You know, the identity of Jesus was really important. And that's one of the reasons why it was brought, that, that he was going to identify with, with this whole idea of bringing salvation uh, to people, of bringing forgiveness of sins, even as he was an infant. And you got to remember that as an infant, he, he came just as a child. I have two grand grandchildren. I got Zipporah um, uh, from my oldest, from Michael and Samantha. And then I have, uh, I have uh, Luke Samuel uh, from Jose and, and Rebecca. And, and I have two uh, wonderful grandchildren. 
um, as infants, as I look at them, I recognize that they are so vulnerable. They're so, uh, they're just so dependent upon adults. Yet, even at that very moment, God already had a plan and he was already putting identity into the life of Jesus. It's so important for us to recognize who we come to identify ourselves with. I hope that we have come to identify ourselves with Jesus Christ. Not because we're celebrating Christmas, for there are many others who might celebrate Christmas in so many different ways, but that we truly understand beyond all of the beautiful things that we have uh, participated on today, the songs, the lighting of candles, the hanging of wreaths, the understanding of Christmas trees, and so many other uh, things that we uh, saw, the presents, that we identify with Jehovah is salvation, that we identify with the risen Christ, that we identify with that baby Jesus from the very beginning. And the only way that we can do that is by accepting him, by receiving him, uh, by knowing him personally. And that is important for all of us of all ages. Well, the second thing that I just want to share real briefly with you is, is that Jesus brings identity, but it also brings intentions. And and from the very beginning, the name of Jesus, it said right there later on that the prophet said Emmanuel, which meant God with us. There was, there was a purpose. For you see, sin had separated us from God. And sin continues to separate us from God. And the only way that we can be joined together with God is through this Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And so today, as we think about it, what our what is our identity and what is our intentions? You know, there's a there's a story, and I might have to change some names to protect the innocent. But Nancy and, and Terry were part of this story uh, in in a way. We were in a, a work and witness, one of those mission trips to Portugal, and um, and we had done a great job out there. Uh, if you know Nancy and Terry, they're hard workers, and and we went to go and 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 do some work in in a church, and um, and on one day we decided that we were going to to have a day for the to go sightseeing and do a little bit of of, of shopping, and so we went to this little village, this little town outside of the main city, and um, and it was a wonderful place. I mean, they, they a lot of shops, a lot of different kinds of of handcrafted type of, of of items that were being produced there, and um, and it was wonderful. It was great. Um, we went back and we continued with our uh, our work and witness project, our mission, and uh, and on the last day, uh, we were so good at doing really hard work that we had another afternoon free, and 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 we were supposed to say, okay, where do we want to go? Well, the ladies said, let's go back to the little village so we can go shopping again. Of course, some of the men did not like that idea. But once again, uh, the ladies won. Uh, and so uh, we ended up going there, and uh, me and a buddy of mine, another pastor, uh, <clears throat> uh, we we kind of got a little bit bored of this shopping thing, right? I mean, there's just so many of the same ceramics stuff that you can see and handcrafted uh, all kinds of bags and shoes and other stuff. And and so um, so we decided to take a little alley and we started walking down this, this alley behind all the main shops and we discovered that, that people were actually doing these things back there. 
So we started trying to communicate a little bit uh, in my in my Portuguese that sounded a lot like Spanish. And as I shared a little bit of that, <laughs> I, I asked the question. I you know I asked questions about what they were doing and how they did it, and 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 then I asked a question. I said, um, "What is the one thing that that we should?" see out of this town because we went up to a castle up there and it was all great but but what is kind of one thing that we need to see here that's that's kind of like a hidden gem a hidden treasure and 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 he said you know men now that you mentioned that he says if you go down this street you know at the very end of this street there is a castle there and for so many euros you can walk in there and he says but it's it's a different castle because it's up against this mountain and uh, and it is believed that there are secret tunnels, and every once in a while you'll find some. And so, wow! I said, uh, I I told my buddy the the other pastor, I said, hey, let's go check that out. And 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 so we went over there, and we went in there, and we ran through 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 this castle, right? Like we didn't want the the tour, the guided tour. We wanted our own tour, and we were like pressing knobs, pushing. You know, you could you could already see these two Americans, right? Very suspicious in different country doing all this kind of crazy stuff. And so, uh, so we, we couldn't find the secret passage because they said, you know, you got to pull levers and there's all kinds of stuff and, and there's all these tunnels that go into the mountain is what this guy told us. And we were trying to find it and we said, okay, well, let's go. And you know, when you're talking about castles, you're talking about some, you know, you're talking about several buildings, gardens, all kinds of stuff. And we go through a chapel and we start, you know, you know, putting the cross upside down. No, that uh, we were just kidding. We didn't do that. That's bad. And so we, we just started doing a bunch of little stuff of trying to find, find out. We went to the garden. Finally, we, we end up in this little uh, area where there's a little grotto, uh, uh, like a little cave area. And so we said, well, you know, this is kind of the best thing we found. I might as well just take a picture here. And as I kind of walk into that place, all of a sudden, there's a, there's a sensor, a motion sensor, that turns on some lights in a kind of hidden area in the back that you would not be able to see just by walking around there until you actually go into this particular section. And these lights led to a very long tunnel. And I was like, wow, we found it, right? Problem is... They close, you know, in 45 minutes. And we're supposed to be with the rest of the group, you know, all those people that were shopping and doing all the boring stuff. We're supposed to be over there like in 45 minutes so that we can go to, uh, to a restaurant that we had already made reservations. And so, um, and so I said, but, you know, what harm is there? Let's just walk a little bit into this thing. And so we, we, we walk into this place and, and every time that we end up at the end of this, this, this light rope, right? This, this rope with lights, um, the string of lights, we would trigger out another sensor that would light up another section of this tunnel into this mountain. And so we kept saying, well, you know, come on, what's another, you know, how far is this little, another 20 feet or so? Let's just do it. And so we, we did that about four or five, I don't know, maybe ten times. And so and so we end up in this tunnel, right? And and finally it gets really dark and, and we don't trip any more sensors. And then all of a sudden we look up and we notice that there is there is like an opening. There's a light way up there. And so we discovered that there's this there's this 
the stairway, the spiral stairway that goes all the way up. So it's like, okay, we got 15 minutes. What do we do? And so, and so we decide to, to go up there because we figured, you know, it's going to take us 15 minutes to go out that way or maybe longer because we spent about 30 minutes walking in these tunnels or it's going to take us about 15 minutes to go up. So we decided to go up. Of course, um, being pastors, we had been well fed. And so we were a little bit on the, on the heavier side. And, uh, and so it took us a little bit longer than what we thought to climb up there because it was like really high up on the mountain. And so by the time we get up there, we figure out that, that there is, that, that we are way up above this town, uh, and, and, and we just, uh, you know, we just discovered that it's closing time. It's time to meet the, the rest of the group down there at, at our bus, at our minivans, and, uh, and we have to get out of here. So, um, so we kind of start cutting across through the, through the, the mountainside, because we figured at least we know where we're walking here, because there were so many other different tunnels down there. Uh, and so we start walking down there, and uh, we actually roll down a couple of times, and uh, and we get we get there to the bottom, and we're and we're like, okay, uh, I'll go and run and open the door, right? Because they got you know these emergency type exit doors. Well, guess what? This is a castle from you know <laughs> the. 1400s. They don't have no emergency exit doors. Once they close it up, it's closed up. <laughs> you know, it's chained up. And so, so we're banging on this. We're banging on stuff. We, we try to climb to a high part of the wall. And it's like, well, it's only about, you know, 30 feet up. I mean, we can try to jump, right? It's like, no way. And so, um, it, um, so we, we just didn't know what to do. Finally, uh, we're kind of a little bit on desperate mode. Uh, we know that uh, we're probably about 30, 40 minutes already late. Uh, again, to our to our group, Nancy's remembering this story, right? <laughs> and uh, I'm telling you, this, this is not a joke. This is real stuff. And so, and so we're locked up in this in this castle. We can't find exits. And and then we look up because we start praying to God, right? <laughs> and so we look up, and luckily we find that there is this. Lady up there on the very top of the castle staring down at us, probably laughing and saying, what are these idiots doing, right? And so, so I yell at her and I say, how do we get out of here? And she goes, you can't get out of here. It's all locked up. She goes, I stay here overnight to protect. Somebody has to be here all, all night. She goes, I can call the security to come uh, or the police to come, but it's going to take a while. It's like, no, we don't want to do that. Uh, we were already in enough trouble. Can you imagine? They'd probably arrest us, right? Thinking we were stealing or something. And so, and so, um, she says, but in the old carriage house, uh, where they, they converted it into a restaurant, it might still, there might be some workers cleaning up back there. So, so we, we run back there and, uh, and sure enough, there was an open door like to a kitchen, and you know, have you ever seen those movies where people bang their heads and throw all these pots and pans all over? That was us running right through that kitchen, hitting our heads with all these pots and pans and stuff. And and we see a, a door that leads to the outside, and so we run out. And so now we're on the other side of the mountain, <laughs> and so and so we have to go all the way around uh, through this trail to get back to where we were. Well, um, 
you know, a lot of people didn't believe our story when we got there. I think they were pretty upset. It was over an hour uh, that I, we made them wait. Uh, it had started rain. It was dark. It was cold. Um, but we had a great, great uh, adventure, right? Um, and so, and so, how does this relate? How does this relate to what the story I'm just sharing about identity and intentions? The reality is that we all want to have a great adventure. We all want a great adventure, but sometimes adventures can lead us into the wrong path. And I want for us to recognize that if we identify with Jesus Christ and our intentions are right, both of these things have to come together. Because our intentions might be right, but how many times have we done good things like going and exploring in secret castles and tunnels and ended up doing something that was probably not very good. Our intentions can be right, but our identity also has to be right. There's a lot of good things that we heard today. We heard about the tree and its significance. We heard about the greens and its significance, the presents, the songs, the candles, all of these things. The world is now using them to their advantage. The intentions were probably right at one point. But how quickly has that turned out for profit, for gain, for personal desires? How quickly have things changed and how the world has taken the things of God, things that were good, even Santa Claus, the story, how quickly have they taken all these things and have made it into other intentions? The only thing that will allow us to stay focused throughout Christmas and throughout life, enjoying great adventures, is having our identity with Christ. Jesus, Jesus is the only one that saves. He is truly the one that we worship. He is the only one above all things that might represent Christmas and Christ. He is the only one that needs to be our identity. So today, I challenge you as you leave that you will just not go through life journeying for an adventure, but that you will go through life journeying with Jesus. That will be the greatest adventure. Will you take something that you might have already known, whether the story of Santa Claus, the real Santa Claus, or maybe the understanding of why the evergreen trees or the candles or why we sing songs in Christmas. Will you take these things that the world has already taken and as you go about waiting in line, because you will wait in line, <laughs> at the grocery store, at the mall, or somewhere, will you... Share with somebody else what you learned here and say, you know that Christmas tree? Let me tell you what I learned at my church about that Christmas tree. You know, we're going to take that picture with Santa. Kids, let me tell you about the real Santa. Even if you're taking your dogs to go take pictures with Santa. <laughs> it's so important for us to bring 
the identity of Jesus back into Christmas. That's our responsibility. And I will tell you, the adventure is going to be awesome. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, thanking you. Because you, from the very beginning, had a great adventure planned for us. Even though we tend to go in our own desires, and our own thoughts, we sometimes don't follow the rules. We're not on time. We want to explore a little bit beyond the limits. Sometimes we go into dark tunnels that lead us into traps. Yet, you had already thought about it all. And you had planned to send your one and only Son, Jesus Christ. And through Him, we have salvation. And through Him, we have a true adventure. You call it a victorious life. You call it an abundant life. You call it a joyful life. So today, Lord, we pray that once again, we will not just have good intentions this Christmas, that we will not just give out of compassion and charity, that we will not buy presents just because it's the right thing to do, that we will not come to church every Sunday because it's part of our duty and responsibility, but that we will truly put Christ back and that everything that we say and do this Christmas those family gatherings, those Christmas shopping, those waiting in lines, those uh, moments when we're going to be out in the cold, uh, Lord, that all of those things will once again identify with you. For you are in everything. And most importantly, you desire to be in us. May the joy and the peace and the love of Christ dwell in our hearts and our minds that we may truly experience a new identity in Christ Jesus. Now receive this benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace.